The Reaper, The Maelstrom, and The Thief is a Dungeons & Dragons show by Rollcast and is intended for mature audiences. It contains mature themes, strong language, violence, and drug references. Full content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello and welcome back to The Reaper, The Maelstrom, and The Thief, a homebrew Dungeons & Dragons D&D that centers around three adventurers that are essentially trying to stop the end of the world. With me are Ragnarok, the half-orc bard, portrayed by JB. Gregor, the dragonborn cleric, portrayed by Kugan. And of course, Ivok, a human monk, portrayed by Gaz. <laughs> Hi. And as usual, I am your long-suffering DM, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping straight into the summary as usual, because once again we've got a fair amount to catch up on. When we last saw our group, Rag had finally realised that Arja had miscalculated the outstanding fee from the failed smuggling mission and headed back to the financial district to batter the sum down to its actual free fee of 400 gold. Upon his success, he then headed back to the Baneful Squid, where he met back up with Ivok, and both of them discussed their failures in finding Bimmer. Just as they were discussing where Gregor may be, the Toven doors swung open, and as luck would have it, Gregor, having discovered Rag's ill-gotten hoard, stormed past them both and headed towards the town gates. But not before informing Rag that Bimit was in his room. Worried, Rag dashed inside and straight to his room, discovering it had essentially been ransacked. He then questioned Bimit as to what had happened and was informed that Gregor had entered the room and discovered that they now had a large amount of gold which had been taken from the small, angry man. Although Rag tried to intimidate Bimit, so that he would remain silent from now on. He failed, and they both left, after Ivok ascended the stairs in an attempt to hitch them both up. Before they left, Rag told Ivok of the fear Arja had put on him, as well as the bracelet that would kill Rag if he ever left the Lunar District without paying. Rag left the outstanding sum with Crumb, but before they could leave, Crumb revealed that Bimit actually eats the gold, and in doing so, they discovered that the consumption of gold accelerates Bimit's maturity rate. They tested it out of themselves and were astonished when Bimit continued to grow further. But their excitement was tempered when Crumb warned them that doing this may actually shorten his lifespan. Back at the town gates, Gregor had met up with the expedition group and stood in silence as he awaited the rest of his companions, much to the chagrin of the rest of the group. After a short while, Ivok appeared alone, as Rag had realised that he needed to visit Arja once more to remove the bracelet. Although most of the group waited patiently, Raynor continued to vent his anger and frustration at the situation, until Rag finally reappeared. With the expedition group finally together, Amria said some words of encouragement, and they set off for the outskirts, away from the new man Crystal's influence. Once there, Amrius generated a portal to their first location, the small village of Dinloika. 
Night had already fallen by the time they appeared in the small, sleepy village of Dinluica. For the first time in months, the trio were in a location devoid of salt. As they ventured through the village, they saw the only building with more than one floor, the Sleeping River. A tavern and inn combination, and their stopping point for the night. Before they could enter, Dravlan, the priest of the expedition, questioned the group on their fatigue, as he suspected it was due to malevolent deities interfering. Luckily though, Ivok managed to convince him of the truth. Once they were inside the tavern, the owner revealed that Amrius had covered their rooms for the night, and Gregor soon claimed a place in one of the rooms, and departed for the evening. Ivok, however, continued his discussion with Dravlan, learning a little more on his religion, the god that he served, as well as on how gods as well as on how the gods bound themselves to this plane, before finally leaving for bed. Once the others had left, Rag snuck out to discuss what Bimit had told Gregor. After telling him not to say anything else to the others, Rag fed Bimit another two gold and watched as the wormling grew again, taking off the collar and seeing his new size. Even so, Bimit could not answer why the gold would make him grow. Realising that this new size meant more food, Rag allowed Bimit to spend the night hunting, but on the condition that he didn't attack any farms, animals belonging to the farms, or the farmers themselves. At this, Rag then returned to the tavern and went to sleep for the night. Once they were deep in sleep, the group awoke in the dark void once more to converse with Cyric. Although the god spent time teasing them all, he did let them know that their quest ahead would be dangerous, and they were now essentially in a race against a cult that followed Merkel, as well as potentially needing to deal with guardians that resided in the temple. The three awoke the next day, with Gregor wishing to speak to Rag in private near the woods. There, he finally asked for the truth from Rag, revealing his irritation that Rag had never actually paid him for the fight despite having so much money. At this, Rag admitted that he did not truly remember what had happened, but he had somehow acquired the sum and begged Gregor not to tell Ivok. Gregor agreed to keep quiet and they headed inside, but not before Bimit returned and Gregor discovered his new size, as well as being told how gold increases his age rapidly. Although he was impressed by this, he convinced Rag that they needed to inform Amrius and the group of Bimit's development. Back inside the tavern, they informed Amrius, who then suggested that they reveal this to the rest of the group, so as not to cause concern amongst them all. Before they could do this though, they were made aware of a racket outside, where Reynor had discovered Bimit, and was about to attack him out of terror. Luckily, Ivik managed con to convince the elf not to attack the dragon, and Gregor told Bimit not to attack the elf either. As a show of goodwill, Rag took Reynor back inside for a drink. Unfortunately for the two of them though, they decided to have these drinks as Amrius and Ebchar gave their departing speeches, and ushered the group to set off, resulting in the two of them being left behind and chasing after the convoy. And that, guys, is our catch-up from last session. Right, yeah, so you guys finally set off on your expedition. It should take you around about two weeks or so. Um, so what I'm going to do, because 
let's be quite honest here, no one wants to listen to literally 14 days worth of travel and me trying to explain every single road and tree and fucking rock and everything like that. So what I'm going to do, go D4, going to roll the D4, and that's how many days you've travelled per turn, essentially. Okay. So what will happen is that after that D4 and we land on that day, I'll pretty much describe how your journey's gone throughout those days, as well as the places you've passed by and whatnot. We'll kind of like almost kind of like camera towards you guys type of thing on that day. You guys can do whatever you want. You can learn a bit more about your group as you're traveling. You can decide that you want to go off the beaten path. You can just have a chat with Bimitter amongst yourself type of thing. And then after all that's done, if anything else happens, something else happens. And if it doesn't, we'll roll another D4. Well, well Sound good? Do with that. Wonderful. Right. Well, let's start our first one. So, you guys have been travelling on the road from Dimluica for two days at the moment. From the moment that you set off to day two, you've not really stopped for much. Um, Amrius and Ebchar have kind of kept the convoy going at quite a good pace. After the first day, you realise that you were approaching a large forest. And as you kind of look to both sides, the forest just stretched for miles. And at first you didn't think much about it, but as you started passing through the forest itself, you noticed that there were areas that were incredibly dense. The, uh, the trees around you were pretty much just your standard trees, your oaks, your ashes and whatnot. But there was quite a few redwood style trees and in the areas where all of these redwoods were kind of like converging together, the sun was completely blocked out in these areas. And as you pass through them, you realize it was much colder in these spots. Although they didn't really last for long, it was just kind of like a 10, 15 minute type of thing. On your first night, you camped out on the road itself as as you were journeying through. Amrius gave you a little bit of background information on these forests and told you that generally they're relatively safe for travellers to pass through. Um, it's quite it's quite a common path for them to go through to get from Salt Harbour to the Velxa region itself. He also let you know that the fauna in this area is your standard foxes, rabbits, birds and what have you. But as long as you stick to the path itself on the forest and don't venture off into the undergrowth, you should be fine. On your second day, you've been travelling for around about two or three hours. The sun, from what you can gather from when it's occasionally shining through the canopy, it's around about 10 or 11 o'clock-ish. You're all still just traveling along the road and we join you as it is slowly approaching midday Bimit Bimit is Bimit is still kind of like just plodding along with you guys he's not strangely enough he decided not to actually hunt last night he just kind of stayed with the entire convoy it's in my draconic um Language, I just said, uh, not hungry today, Bimit. Bimit had many 
many foods before the journey began. Uh, could you do me a favor, Bimit? Could you scout around? Just kind of make, just have a look fly about, see if there's anything suspicious about. And it will for steak or gold. Mm. Which do you prefer, steak or gold? He just kind of tilts his head up, almost like he's thinking, before just lowering it. Steak. Steak. <laughs> well, get you some steak. I think Ragger's got all most of the steaks anyway, so I'll have to have a little talk with him. What are you What are you saying to him, Gregor? I want to. I want Bimit to scout out the area. It's good to have a dragon that can fly about and see things from a different perspective. Okay. That's what I was thinking. But he's not going to do that for nothing, is he? You owe him steak. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh, he's just eaten, though. Yes, I believe he's he fine back. for the next eight days. I think we... we we need to be careful if he's uh, asking for food every time we want him to help us. We're well, going to end up with nothing left. He can hunt his own food if we run out. Have we run out? No. It'll be fine. I think it'll be a good. Th- I think it'll be a good thing to have a dragon flying overhead. What does he want? A steak. He wants a steak. He wants a steak. Yeah. Damn it. And it just kind yeah. of scurries over towards you. Yes. There you are. I'll take one of the stakes, one of the five stakes I've got in the bag. Yeah. I just toss it up in the air. As you toss it in the air, his, he kind of like leans down on his haunches, forces himself up and straight, like directly upwards. He opens his mouth, catches the stake in the air and just kind of like... Through the through the treetops, and you lose sight of him very quickly. He literally kind of like forces the canopy aside, but the trees are so dense that about a second after he's flown through them, they kind of just reform over themselves. Hmm. Amazing dragons. <laughs> yeah, and with that thought, uh, I'm also going to eat something myself as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, everyone. Everyone mark off one ration for the previous day, and yeah, if you're wanting to eat again today, that's another ration. As you're walking along and keeping pace with the rest of the group, you see that everyone else, that quite a few of the other members of the expedition are taking your lead, essentially. Uh, Thu and Raynor appear to be bickering again. They seem to have been doing that throughout most of the journey so far. At the moment, it doesn't seem too aggressive, but it is getting a little irritating at times. And Raynor and Redmond are both chatting quite animatedly amongst themselves. So pray tell, what would be the kind of dangers we might expect on this uh, on this route, like in the underground. Anything in particular we should be looking out for? Um, I'm guessing you're asking that to Amrit, uh, yeah? 
Well, generally, like in the group, really. <laughs> so, as you're as you're like saying that out, you know, like to everyone, most people aren't reacting to what you're saying. Obviously, Gregor and Rag were convincing Bimit to scout ahead. Um, Redmond, Rain, uh, Redmond, Rainer, Fu, and Drablin are all talking amongst themselves. But Amrius does stop and just kind of like lets the rest of the group go ahead until you're kind of like level with him. And he starts keeping pace with you. Generally, uh, on the path itself, as I told you before, it is quite safe. However, in the in the undergrowth, as one would expect from such a large and dense forest, there are uh, bears that roam these woods, as well as packs of wolves. And uh, there are rumours that there may be the occasional fey creature residing in these woods. Uh, it would be a very rare circumstance for you to run into them, considering they were chased out of this plane many a millennia ago. However, it's not out of the realms of impossibility. That's fantastic. So, wildlife and face. Yes. Got it. Additionally, potentially wood elves, although they are quite skittish around the outsiders, such as ourselves, so it's unless you anger them, it is unlikely that we will meet them. No, my boy, the real danger of walking off of the path is becoming lost. Oh, indeed. I just want to be aware, you know. More info information, the better. Oh yes, yes, it's a, it's a very well good thing to be as informed as one can be about these things. Yes, and Gregor, if you see any mushrooms, let's just stay clear, yes? I just give him a bit of a snarl, and that's it, and just carry on. <laughs> so yeah, you guys continue walking. Uh, I want everyone to roll me a perception check, please. So walking down this path, it is, like I said, it's just a general dirt path. At this point in time, the trees are starting to loosen up slightly. It's not quite as dense as it was. You can kind of like see to the left and right of you. There are just many more trees, but you can actually see between them now. Ten for me. Ten? Three for me. Twenty! Natural. <laughs> nice. Okay, that with that then, Rag, you are kind of like just, as you're walking along with the rest of the group, you're kind of just looking around, and you're looking basically off to the side where all of these trees are, and for a split second you think that you might see some form of movement, but it just kind of like, is gone. Mm, take a close glance at that. It's It's gone. Nothing else happens. Carry on. Gregor, as you're looking around, you see kind of like as the group are kind of like splitting off. They're still walking like in line essentially, but they're kind of like the slight changes of pace. So as it's happen as that's happening, you're able to see through the gap down the road. It is kind of stretching on the trees are almost like curving due to the perspective. Mm -hmm. 
you can again you can just see that the trees are curving but you can't really make anything else out it just looked like a long ass road no yeah i just carry on walking just looking at wildlife ivok with that roll you also are looking straight down the road but as you do you can see a figure that is kind of like very close it's getting closer and closer it looks like a man it looks like this man is running, and running fast towards you. Gentlemen, looks like we got cut, big. I grab my sunblade. Just grab mm. it, like, just on my holster. Like, That's ready. fair. Ow. Who's um, running there? Ready my crossbow. <laughs> As you ready your crossbow, you feel Amrius's hand just kind of, like, on your shoulder. We do not know what this man is uh, running to or from. It might just be someone out for a morning jog. Let us not uh, startle the locals. Just well, it, it, it may be, but let's. It's best to be safe. It is. It is indeed. I would. Uh, I would suggest keep hold of your crossbow, but do not aim it at him at any point unless he is causing a danger to us. Get, get behind me, Amrius. Very well. If this is a uh, dangerous situation, at the very least, we'll be able to test how well you are at protecting certain members of this group. And as, as you asked him, he just kind of like takes a step behind you. The man is now getting closer and closer. And you can see that it's a man who looks to be in his late 30s. Um, he's got pretty heavy scarring on one side of his face. He looks very frightened. He now is about 20 feet away from you. Stop there. Hold. You just kind of... <clears throat> oh. oh. Help. You need to help me right now. Calm down. Calm down. What's going on? They're after me. I'm being chased. Being chased? Yeah. By what? <laughs> he's just kind of like out of breath trying to catch his breath. You notice as he's doing that, he's got like a notebook strapped to his chest. And there's kind of like a backpack full of full of equipment. I want you to I want everyone to roll me a perception check, please. Fifteen. Okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. Nine. Right, Nine. you're just kind of... You're just kind of focused on this guy. It's like, he's out of breath, he's got this... He's appeared out of nowhere. He's holding a, a little box, basically. Crossbow slightly raised. <laughs> He, he do, he's doubled over at this point, still catching his breath, clutching onto this box. So he doesn't really pay you any mind. Um, Ivor, what did you get, sorry? 13. And Gregor, you got 15, yeah? 15, yeah. Okay, so Ivor, with that 13, you can tell that in his backpack, poking out of it, looks to be tracking gear. It's kind of like an occasional bip. It seems to emanate some magic from it. 
And Gregor, with your roll, with that 15, you can hear kind of like a high-pitched noise. Kind of like... From further down the road where this man's just run from. Okay. What's well, that you got there, my friend? Say that again, sir? What have you got there, my friend? Uh, this is my life's... This is my life's work. Let's make this real simple, shall we? To make this nice and easy. Who is after you? And what's after you? What? What is after you? So you kind of like open to the box and you see that there is a small glass canister in it. And there's a insect of some sort. If you want to see what insect it is, you can roll a nature check. Crossbow raised a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, I'll, if I can I'll see this, I'll oh, look as well. Nature, nature. Yep, yeah, Reg, you can see it as well. All three of you can see it. The rest of the group are still walking on ahead, apart from Amrius. He has stopped with you. Natural 20 for me. 14. Natural 20. 14. I think it was 14. Yeah. <laughs> one. Yes. Is that a nat one or. Yeah, nat one. <laughs> Okay. Oh, just drop that. So, Gregor, what did you get again? Sorry, 14? 14, yeah. You can tell that it's a bee. A bee? A bee. A bzz. A bee. Oh. oh. You've got a little bee in there. No, just... It's not any bee. It's a. Ah, it's, it's a really special bee. Rag, you recognise, with that natural twenty, you recognise that this is a queen bee. I got that one. So. You did. I'm going to come on to you in a second. Oh right. Yeah. I've not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rag, you recognise that this queen is bee. a queen bee oh. of the. Um, You reckon you recognise that this is a Vespan Queen Bee, famed throughout all of Ixen for the quality of the honey that the hive that this bee this species of bee belongs to. In addition, you also know that um the venom that comes from these bee stings is a very strong neurotoxin which can paralyze people in seconds. I know what that is. It's a, it's a bee. What, what else could it be? It's more than a bee. I'm going to kill it. As what? you're saying that, as you're saying it, as you're saying that, Ivor, you kind of reach in. This man tries to kind of like move the box away, but you, you're too quick. You get in and you get your hand onto the canister, and you pull it up and you look at it, and you go, "Oh, I know what this is." This is a bee. They're real common around these parts. When <laughs> <laughs> you take the lid off. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to try it. I'm going to follow, follow this bee as he's doing it. If it comes out of that jar, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> the bee doesn't immediately come out of the jar. 
However, that high-pitched noise that you could hear is getting louder and louder. It's getting closer and closer, and once again, I would like you all to take a, a perception check. Are you being chased by these things? <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody, everybody, we need to leave. Uh, 22, not that. That's an not eight. Not that. Eight. Ah, uh, uh, there it is. Uh, seven. Uh, seven. If no one's listening to me, I'm going to... Is anybody listening to me? Um, Amrius is at that point. Um, yeah. when you, with you saying that you need to leave, whatever is the matter, what is the... And he just kind of sees that the lid is off. And this bee is starting to, like, hover up, and he's like... Oh, no, <laughs> this one. These are these are Vespin bees, and with that, I'm going to. Oh. Does the bee come out of the jar? It's starting to rise up out of the jar. Yeah, as you hear this, starting louder and louder. I haven't put the lid back on. <laughs> I've never seen an orc quite so jittery around a harmless little insect. It's not harmless. Put the lid back on. It's only a bee. I've, <laughs> I've got to Flight of hand diver. Oh, flight of hand. Yeah, you're rolling against the bee. We need to run. While he's doing that, can I turn around to Amrius? Yes. Oh, I have 21. done. I have... These are Vespan bees, and we need to leave now. His face drops. Vespan porcelain. The bees are bees. I suspect that this is the reason why we can hear that infernal noise from up ahead. Yes, it is. Yeah, let's go. Forget about this guy. Yes, I dare say that this man has uh, put himself in quite the predicament. This well, man's just kind of like know. this man's just kind of like just trying to, you know, like grab this glass canister back off Ivok. Predicament. <laughs> Ivok, you do manage to like slam the lid on just as the Vespin Queen Bee just kind of hits the top of it, goes back down. As it as that happens, you realise that there are four swarms of bees starting to rush you. Oh. Now bees are harmless, but swarms may be a problem. <laughs> Run Strangely enough, they seem to have passed by um the other group of Raynor uh yeah, Raynor, Redmond, Fu, Dravlan and Ebchar. This swarm just seems to have gone around them. It's because he's. Have, have, I, have I still got the bee in my hand? Then? You've yeah. got the bee in your hand as these bees are. I'm gonna lob it. <laughs> <laughs> you lob it. Uh, where do you lob it exactly? Towards the left. I mean, if we're going that way, I'm gonna lob yeah. it left. Yeah. So into the actual trees themselves, not on the path. Yeah. So as you lob it, you just hear this oh, one. No. Do you know how long it's taken me to get one of them? Should have thought about that before you got a swarm on our asses. He just kind of runs into the undergrowth. There's, at the last second, as these swarms of bees are heading towards you, they swerve off, following the man. And you just hear getting quieter and quieter. And then you start hearing a couple of screams. And then it goes quiet. Oh, I 
Well done, everyone, for listening to me. Yeah, yeah that was... Could have been... That could have been nasty. That was a very good judgment call, Ragnarok IW. I may have initially been wrong about you. Do you think we should go and check the aftermath? That's what most say. Well, I don't fancy going in a swarm of bees. No, I believe that it would be best if we caught up with the rest of the group and continued this day's travel. What? Oh, right, by the way. Lower my crossbow at that point, then. Why would yeah. you go through all that trouble just for a bee? How strange. Well, the nectar that these bees produce is incredibly expensive. Oh, it's just from coin. Yes. That's the only yeah. explanation. The queen bee, however, I'm not sure why. You would need the queen bee maybe to colonize. I reckon it's to colonize. I was going to say, you see Amrius kind of like, he's a little bit in front of you as you're trying to catch up, but you see him like nodding in agreement about colonization. Oh, well, if it's just for coin. Not of interest to us, is it? This may have also been to study the neurotoxins within the Vestman bees. Yes, sounds like, that. Sounds like dangerous work, that. Oh, incredibly so, incredibly so. And why that man is no longer amongst us. Things that people do for money. <laughs> I just carry on walking. Ah, oh, Rag, uh, you still got that crossbow, I see. Uh, yes, I do. It's right here in my hands. Uh, do mind if I borrow it at one point? I wouldn't mind doing a bit of hunting, actually. Um, we can have further talks about it. <laughs> um, what, do you not have anything to hunt with? Well, I'm only really. I don't really have anything that shoots projectiles, unfortunately, unless I breathe my electric um, breath on them. But that's about it. Well, I'm sure when we uh, when we take a rest, if you want to do some hunting, then uh, be more than willing to to hand it over for a short time. But uh, it is my main my main weapon, though. So uh, perhaps not while we're we're out and about. That's fine. That's fine. When we're resting. When we're resting. Greg. A man's weapon can be a precious thing, you know. I probably need to get something that has. Maybe a crossbow or a bow or something at one point. Yeah, you've never not not really seemed to be happy with your uh, your uh, weapons of instruments, there, are you? My sunblade. Uh, your sunblade, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's good for close quarters. Well, perhaps when you uh, we can swap for for a hunting period, and I'll give the uh, the old spear a try. Not really had much dealings with spears before, so. Not a spear, it's a sunblade. Uh, it looks like a spear. I just pull it out, it's just a handle with like little knuckles on it. Oh, I always thought that was a spear. Actually, perhaps well, well, perhaps I'm thinking out. of something else. While I got out, can I turn on the blade? You can, yes. It doesn't require any con checks or anything now. No, doesn't it? Nope. It's just an action now that you're back to being. Whatever you were, I think you were neutral good before. Um, yeah, I just turn it on. Yep, just this beam of pure 
radiant white light just appears as a blade. <laughs> ah, that's very fascinating. You want to see something else cool? Go on then. I'll take out the this hat that I know nothing about. Okay. <laughs> Place it on my head. Give me one second. I was not expecting <laughs> such a deep cut. But, hoping, yeah. hoping that is going to be something really, really fucking cool. Maybe it'll be uh, like this, he says as he brings out the duck. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, so, Rag, Rag, as you put the hat on, what do you think that the hat looks like? Sort of like a, a torn, kind of armishy looking hat, I was thinking. I was thinking like Van Helsing hat. So, Rag, as you put the hat on, it changes from the form that it was, which was a fedora, to a torn, armishy looking hat. Literally, the second it touches your head, when you think about it looking like a torn, armishy hat, it turns into one. Hmm. Uh, into a fedora? <laughs> no, no, other way around. It turns from a fedora into an armishy looking hat. Armish hat and a fedora? Fedora is different. So it's it's turned into what I've thought it's turned into. Yes, it had the shape of a fedora hat, and when you put it on, it changed into the hat that you were thinking about—an Amishy torn hat. Because I was thinking, I was only thinking what it looked like based on what I thought it looks like. Yeah, that's what? why I asked you. So, right. Okay. That's why I asked you because its initial base form previously was a fedora hat. Okay, so now, um. Now I will think of um, like a leather floppy pelt. The second leather that that the second that that takes form, that image takes form in your mind. The hat changes from a torn Amish hat to what was it? A floppy leather pelt, essentially. Yeah. You just I'll feel it. I'll take another look at Gregor. Um and just imagine his face. <laughs> Nothing happens. Imagine his, no, no, I won't imagine the spear because that might kill me. Um, I'll imagine Ivok's Helm of Telepathy. Ivok, what does your Helm of Telepathy look like? Actually, I can I can probably check. I think it was like a Roman-looking helmet, wasn't it? It's an odd-shaped helmet. That's what I've got it down as an odd-shaped helmet. Regardless, though, yeah, Rag the the uh, floppy leather pelt then takes on the form of this kind of odd-shaped helmet that kind of like sits down and around your face, almost yeah, like a Roman centurion helmet. Do I do I recognise the helmet? The, the you recognise it immediately as Ivok's Helmet of Telepathy. Ah, the Helmet of Telepathy! Pretty cool, right? Uh, it's pretty cool. Thank God! That's a fascinating hat you have there, but I'm sure it'll be useful just for the life of me. I can't think how. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Can I try and look at Ivok and try and tell what he's thinking? You can try. I will try, yeah. 
I'm thinking moron if he reads it. <laughs> Rag, you hear nothing because it doesn't read mine. Okay. Yeah, so it just changes shape. You have, I can finally reveal to you, that you have that the hat of hats. I don't mean it. It is. Yeah. You're not <laughs> it is a normal looking hat that when you purchased it, purchased it had taken on the form of a fedora hat. However, it can take on the form of any hat that the wearer requires. It can change as often as required. The only limitation to it is that you need to know exactly how the hat should look and it will not replicate any magical properties. Right, so limitation is that I need to know how the hat looks. Uh, and yes. And not on any magical properties. None at all, no. Uh, it's uh, pretty cool, that Gregor, isn't it? <laughs> I just have a look, just a cheeky chuckle. That'll come in handy. It's not quite a flaming sword, though, is it? <laughs> well, I've, I've got my crossbow, haven't I? You that know, it's, very... it's, not, it's a quite sought-after crossbow as well. You mean Gregor even wants to borrow it? That is... Very true, yes. Put my, I put my sun blade <laughs> back down and I just put it back in my holster. I'll... Fuck it, I'll leave the hat on. Yeah, fair enough. You've got a replica of the Helm of Telepathy on. Is it, you is it all... metallic as well? Yeah, takes on the exact uh, form. It, it would actually... Uh, you... Would it do anything towards my AC or armor class or any or anything to do with armor? I'm protecting as, my head with a metal plate. As you hit it, even though it sounds metallic and looks metallic, it still has a fabricy type of feel to it. It's taken on the form of metal, but if you actually press it, it's still fabric. Not metal itself, yeah. No, it just takes on the form of it. That's fair enough. That's all the info I need on that then. Thank you very much. Like an elvish hat. Pretty much, it's very similar. At this, you all continue walking down the forest, the lo uh, the road down the forest. You continue walking for quite some time. We now join you on day five of your adventure. You've been travelling for another three days. During those three days, there was another two spent in the forest. Again, it was it was quite uneventful for those extra two days. You didn't run into anyone else. Um, you didn't venture off the path at all, um, mainly due to Amrius's warnings of getting lost in the forest, as well as the fact that whenever you set up camp, if you, if any of you or any of the rest of the expedition team looked like they were going to step off the path to do some exploring, Ebchar just shot you the most dirtiest of looks. Kind of like a fucking, you try it type of look. So no one dared, you know, like, explore any further. On day five, however, you finally exited the forest, and in front of you, for as long as you could see, there are just flatlands with the occasional hills spotted around. Pretty much your stereotypical, like, fields and meadows. There's some trees dotted around here and there, but it's almost it's almost like a blank canvas in front of you 
as you're as you've been walking through this day, you can hear water at various areas, hinting that there might be some ponds and streams nearby. But you can tell that this is where. Um, you can tell that the only way that you'd be able to get to these bodies of water is if you went off the path. The only really distinguishable landmark, other than the road, which is turned from a dirt road to kind of like a gravel road, is the um, is the looming figure of the mountains in the distance. You can finally sure. see some mountains, which Amrius, the second you see them, kind of turns the group. Yes, as you come quite see, we have finally exited our forest, and over there in the distance, uh, although they look quite small at the moment, trust me, they are not, but they are the uh, the mountains of Mineral Peak. We're making very good time so far. Now, oh, see how it goes. How is our water doing? Yeah. I am uh, yeah. question that for five days of travel. Yes. Um, obviously we're skipping over eating and drinking there. Just kind of like take, just defaulting that to taking the right amount every day. Yes. Unless you... Um, how many days of water do you have left now? Well, the water goes in uh, something else, doesn't it? It goes four pints. I say I filled up four pints of water hmm. at Dimluica. Um, so I, it depends what what kind of water I'd have been drinking through that time. And do you have a ration a day? I would say you have a one ration a day, yes. So that's food, one ration a day. Ration contents of dried food for extended travel, including jerky, dried fruit, hardtack and nuts. So you'd say one ration per day. Uh, it's just how much water per day. Is it a pint per day? I mean, realistically, it must be. It should be a lot more than that. But for ease of use for this, I will say a pint per day. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that on the convoy, um, kind of like um, almost like a a barrow type of thing that um, Ebchar has been hauling along with him. He does have a large barrel that contains thirty-five liters of water. Uh, so, with that then, um, I'll have a quick word with Amrius. Yeah? Amrius. Yeah, yes, my dear boys. What is ever the matter? I, I can't help but notice that large barrel you've got there. Is that, uh, is that water? It is, yes, yes. It is, uh, water for the group on this Lego expedition. Obviously, uh, once we reach the mind and head back, we will need to refill, but it would not make sense for all of us to have our separate stocks of water. Well, no, would, you, would it be uh, appropriate if I would fill up my, um, my pouch, my, uh, with some water here? Oh, please do, please do. We, uh, uh, we will take a very quick break on our journey now anyway it is uh, it is already midday and it will not do for us to walk through our lunch period we should we should break for 15 minutes uh, have some food refill our water skins and then we'll head off again tired feet are not efficient feet have you have you also brought rations for everybody as well 
No, no, unfortunately not. That is what your preparations were for. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's just that I've noticed there's some water around this area. I know it's off the, uh, the beaten track, but do you think maybe it's uh, worth getting some water, or do you know maybe a better spot for that? Uh, oh, maybe a better what, sorry? A better spot for that. Uh, well, I'm afraid that I do not know these lands, or oh, this region of this region, especially where uh, I've only really come in passing and never go off the beaten path as it were. However, if you can uh, if you can locate a water source uh, fill up your water skin and return within 15 minutes then by all means feel free to however, that will mean that you are forfeiting your break. Oh, it's just that we have a we have Bimid in the skies right now. I would not fret. There's mountains there. Where there's mountains, there's water. I was going to say also, well. you know, when we was uh, traveling, you know, when mm. we set camp on the night, I was thinking that's when I could borrow the crossbow and go like a bit of hunting. Okay. Um, we'll do this retroactively then and just say that on one of the nights in the forest. Um, actually, Rad, did you give Gregor your crossbow to go hunting? No, it was based on the circumstances, where we were and where we were stopping. And mm. It would have been another discussion after that. Right, okay. I will say for now then, you've Rad didn't let you have it. However, if you wish to have a conversation with him at this point, like in this period then you might be able to convince him yeah I'll have a little conversation with him right do you mind if I borrow that crossbow yeah well to be honest I'm a little bit short on uh, on food so maybe uh, we've got a 15 minute stop here maybe we can uh, go and do a bit of hunting ourselves uh, we need to call Bimit down because I haven't seen him for, for ages yeah good uh, maybe yeah, not seen him in five days Maybe we, he can he can help us grab something. Ah, oh, good idea. Good idea. Go. Um, Ivok. Yes. Me and Greg, me and Gregor are gonna head out. Uh, do a little bit of hunting. See what we can see around. We'll be back within the fifteen minutes. Have fun. Come on, then, Gregor. Let's go. Okay. Uh, let me just change something very quickly. Says. So you two kind of like leave the um, expedition group. As you do, you see that a couple of people are kind of like looking over and noticing that you guys are leaving. However, no one, no one really seems to like be approaching to come with you, with the exception of Raynor. Okay. Ah. Are you looking to join us, Raynor? The spot of hunting? Uh, well, it's, it's less about the hunting, more about, you know, being away from these nabbits. Yeah, you're bored. Oh, oh my bored. All we've done is walk for five days and not killed anything. I know, I know. Come on, let's go get ourselves some, some rabbits at least. Yeah, that sounds good to me. 
and it just kind of like immediately just walks off the road. Uh, be prepared for uh, for the dragon to come down, though. Ah, uh, yeah, the little guy. Well, the medium guy, I guess. Let's just say he's all right. Yeah, not seen him in a while. What? What's happened to him? He's just scouting. Yeah. Guess he's got some use to it, man. He's got a lot of use. Yeah. See. Kind of just kind of shrugs his shoulders. Bimit? Yeah. Uh roll me if you're checking for Bimit, roll me a perception check if you shout out in for him. Yeah, yeah. Nine. You can't see him in the sky anywhere. Bimit! You can roll a perception check as well if you wish. As you're kind of like, you guys have now stepped off the road and you're walking across a field. The field all has quite like knee-high grass to it, of varying different lengths. There's um, there's an array of like white flowers just spread around the place, and there's some insects that just kind of buzz by every so often. Pick some of the wildflowers up. I got a six on that, but I'll pick some of these wildflowers up. You're too interested in the wildflowers to really be looking for Bimit. You reckon he's probably fine. Can um, I ask you if there's any wildlife then? Close to us? Yes. Roll me a nature check, please. Rag, do you recognise these flowers as snowdrop, basically? Fourteen. You think that you hear a, a bit of a scurry around about 15 to 20 feet to your northeast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Can I just look at Raynor? Yes, just you can. Raynor. I just click yeah. and I point northeast. What about it? Some grass. I think there's an animal over there. We'll get to it. Don't you have a crossbow or anything? That's a very good question. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> he says, definitely not being caught out at all. <laughs> well, I don't have a crossbow, but I do. And he just kind of pulls out a bow. And the bow itself, um, it looks very ornate. It is kind of like a darkened wood, but it looks very pliable. And rather than your standard like longbow, which just curves outwards, it seems more specialist in that it has a smaller outwards curve, but it's got an inverse curve on it at the same time, uh, just shortly afterwards, sorry. And two kind of like splines splaying out slightly. Ooh. And the actual string of it, it appears to be attached using gears. Hmm. There's a pretty fine looking bow there you got there. Well, you annoy enough what else. And they'll give you something to fuck off. <laughs> give him a little thing. Well, do you mind trying to get that animal over there? He just kind of laughs slightly. I was going to say, let's see how good you are with a bow. As this is happening, you hear another scurry as well, very close to it. 
Sorry, say that again. As you as you're saying this to him, you can hear like another bit of movement next to this. Well, around the area to um, the first one. So as you say that, he kind of pulls out two arrows, knocks them both, and shoots them. You see that the first one. You see that the first one flies straight like into that little mound of like overgrown grass. And you just hear it like a as the arrow finds its target. You see the second arrow, which was launched at the same time. Curiously, it seems to follow at first before curving slightly out, like into a second direction. And you would just hear another as the arrow hits its target again. Hmm. <laughs> Let's give him a good light laugh. Wow, you are pretty talented with the bow. What can I say? Elven blood. <laughs> I just wonder. It might be very prancy, but <laughs> I just wonder straight towards uh, where he shot them. Yep. And uh, do I do I see what the animal is? One is a rabbit, and the other. The other one's a dog. Shut a dog. It looks like a hunting dog. Well, meat, oh. meat, isn't it? Well, you got a good point. You got a good point. I just pick up the rabbit. How how big is the dog? Uh, the dog is a hunting dog, so it's it's quite bulky. <clears throat> he look, shot, look around, see if there's anyone else in the woods. Uh, roll me a perception check, please. I'm no, it's not woods, it's a clearing. You still what, sorry? I'm going to uh, store these snowdrops into my bag. Yeah, so right, you're like, putting all these snowdrops in. As you do, as you continue pulling these snowdrops in, um, oh, you also notice that there are some violet-looking, almost vines underneath. Uh, can I take a closer look without touching them? Yes, you can. Um, perception, by the way. Perception, yes, please, as you're looking around. Uh, yeah, so 21. There doesn't seem to be anyone in the immediate vicinity, but you can see by the looks of disturbed grass nearby and everything, the, it, if this dog has owners, it's pro they're probably not too far away. Grab the dog's legs and start dragging it back to the camp. As you do, Reynard just kind of halts you for a second. Wait, 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 wait. What? What? I want my arrows. Just kind of like grabs one of them. And from the looks of it, it looks like it punched right between its ribs, the dog's ribs. Just yanks it out. Ah, shot. <laughs> Gets the other one and just yanks it out. As he does so, though, he kind of like catches the entrance wound on the rabbit I just kind of pulls some of its guts out at the same time wire crack shot mm. I guess you could say that this rabbit lost its guts <laughs> go on let's head back to camp I think this will do for us for now yeah so you both start heading back to camp as you do you notice that rag is kind of like crouched down looking into like 
a uh, almost like a bushel of flowers. A drag? You found something? Yeah, I'm just taking a look at these. Flowers. Something special here. Yeah. yeah, you can roll me a nature check if you want. Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah, can I roll a nature check just to see what it, what kind of flower he's looking at? Uh, yes, but roll it with disadvantage because you're quite a distance away. You can only just see that they're kind of like purple. Uh, ten. So, Gregor, they just look like purple vines to you. Yeah, fair. Uh, Rag with that though, again, you can see that they are purple vines. Um, or violet vines, should I say. Um, as you're leaning a bit closer, without touching them, as you're leaning a bit closer, you can see that they seem to be secreting some kind of liquid. Uh, let me take my dagger then. Yeah. And just, just slowly pierce one of the stems. If you pierce one of the stems, more of this liquid kind of like just oozes out slightly. Is it purple? It's clear. Clear. Um. Is there anybody else around me other than Gregor? There's Raynor as well. Hey. Raynor. Yeah. Do you, come, and have, come and have a look at this. Do you know, do you know what this is? Kind of walks over and crouches next to you. Uh, Don't touch it. Though. It's kind of like leans forward. They look like plants. Purple plants. Plants. Thank you for your wise wisdom. Anytime. <laughs> I'm going to. Cut a load off from the bottom. And roll them up in a little bit of the uh, the bedroll. Uh, no, in fact, I'll roll them up in some of my bound parchment and put them into uh, my backpack. Can I just ask if you're wearing gloves or not? Uh, well, I don't intend to touch them still. I'm okay, going to cut um, them off with my dagger. Yeah. And then I'm going to roll... Ah, uh, okay. Um, around them. Roll me a sleight of hand then, please. Eighteen. Yeah, so you kind of cut, you kind of like cut these vines off at the source, and you kind of like, as you say, you scooch your parchment underneath as they're falling. You roll them up. At one point, it looks like one might almost touch you, but you kind of like notice and you just tie it up. And it's now in a bundle. Okay. I'll chuck that in my backpack and not in my bag of holding. Yep. So, um, just for description-wise, what can I say that these are? Just the just purple vines? Uh, write them down as violet creepers. Violet creepers? Yeah. Because if it's along the ground and stuff, they're technically a creeper. Um... Yeah, I'm happy to leave it there. Yeah. Uh, so, Ivok, you have kind of watched Raynor, Gregor, and Rag just kind of walk 
off to the side in a field. You can still kind of see them as they like walking away. Rags picking up some flowers. Reno and Gregor appear to be hunting. What are you up to? I was just going to eat my ration, to be honest. Okay, um... okay. no, that's fine. <laughs> I want you to roll me a perception check then, as you're just like eating your food. Uh... 15. As you're eating your food, you're kind of like just walking up and down the little convoy, like just nodding at Redmond as he's like scoffing food up. Uh, Fu is kind of like just sat cross-legged on the road, uh, hands kind of like placed on his knees. And then you see Dravlan just kind of like leant over inspecting something on the road. I'll walk over to Dravlan then. And I'll be yeah. like, what are you looking at so curious out there? As you ask him that, you kind of follow his gaze. And you see that there's a set of clothes, just clothes, and a master worker up here. A small backpack with a knife, a skin full of liquid, and a silver necklace just kind of like placed next to it. He's still looking at it and then just turns up to you. I find it very odd that there's such items in the middle of the road with no owner. But it was just laying here. Yes. I have not moved them. For I do not wish to potentially incur the wrath of whatever deity may have placed them here. Ah, um, what makes you say it's a deity? What makes you say it's not? Quite, quite. It is curious. It appears they... like he's just got up in a puff of smoke. Yes. I do not look... see any sign of the wearers. I'm going to look really close at the necklace. You can see that the necklace has the word Igwine etched into it. Igwine. Does that ring any bells? I'm asking, say, I cannot, I cannot say that this rings any bells. Hmm, maybe it's the owner's name, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> We've been down this road before. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I need you to make a wisdom saving for it, please. Why? Oh, I don't want to <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> oh. Gotta get. Oh. Ooh. be wise, this one. 20, not that. Okay. As you pick it up, you feel like a jolt kind of like in your, in your palm of your hand shoot up your wrist and for a split second as you're kind of like shaking your hand it looks like almost the very tip of your finger there's like a wisp of smoke that comes off of it perhaps I shouldn't touch things so readily <laughs> oh, like I said could have been a date 
the place they were. Indeed, indeed. Um, uh, who can detect? Anyone here? Uh, oh, is anybody in earshot? There's everybody around. Um, there is. There's Dravlan. There's Ebchar. There's Amrius. There's Redmond, and there's Fu. I'm going to call everyone. I'm like, guys, we've got a bit of an oddity here. As you're saying that, and I'm desperately searching for some track that is relevant to this, um, the rest of the group just kind of like coalesces around you. I just, just so aware, I wouldn't touch it, I did it, and it zapped me with some form of power or magic of some kind, if anyone could illuminate me, or the party on that. As, as you're saying this to them, you see... As you're saying this to them, you see Ed Char just kind of, like, kneel down and look forward. It looks as though someone has just abandoned clothes and their items in the middle of the road. I do not see why we are wasting our time in this matter. Well, you don't think it's weird? I mean, to me, it looks like someone's just disappeared. Out the clothes and everything. It does not... I do not believe it matters. It looks to me like a distraction from our journey. And it doesn't concern you that you might go up in a puff of smoke. I will not go up in a puff of smoke because I'm not going to disturb these items. If it is a trap laid for people or the simplest way of not springing the trap, do not interact with it. Hmm. At this, you see food is kind of also like head slightly angled, just taking in, you just deep in intake of breath and just, I do not know if I fully agree with Ed Chow on this in terms of let's whoever else bring this trap, but he does raise a good point on if we were to follow this rabbit hole, who knows where it would lead us. And how long it would take. That is true. The only concern I have is if this isn't just a gentleman that decided to abandon all his ownings and then go disappearing off in the fields, and this person had a better and unfortunate end, isn't it wise that we understand what had happened before we ventured forward? Roll a persuasion check. Yes, you're trying to persuade I am Ebchar directly rather than anyone else, seeing as he's the one who's kind of leading yeah. all of this. Don't look lightly. Ten. It might be likely. I'm going to have to load up his character sheet for that. Do uh, <laughs> You do, don't you? I don't cool. know. I don't know if I am being overcast. It's a bit weird. 
Yeah, with that rule, just kind of... That is a good point, I will admit. However, if we keep the current pace that we are once we are finished with this break, he just kind of looks over to the field where Gregor and Raynor are kind of like dragging two corpses along with Rag who's like tucking something into his backpack. Once they return, if we set off post-haste, then I do not believe that anything will be able to slow it down. And if there are, there are nine of us, I believe, we should be able to handle our own. Okay, well, let's learn from my mistakes, and everyone, let's keep our hands to ourselves so we know the definite it's okay to touch. <laughs> Uh, I'm really sorry, just kind of like lets out a small sigh and it's just like I do believe that that's probably is a wise thing seeing as we are venturing towards a temple of an undead deity. I am relatively sure that such a warning has already been given about not touching the artifacts within the temple. However, this well, we're not serves in the temple, I mean outside as well. Well, yes. Yeah, so as I was saying, this serves as a good warning for us all that if something that is on the middle of the road could be such a possible commodity of danger as that, then maybe it is wise to not pick those up either, and especially not in the temples. Yes, and I promise, if anybody disappears in a puff of smoke, I will not say, I told you so. That is a very odd thing to say, I must, I must... I must say, however, oh, who am I to judge on that? Okay. <laughs> 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 he doesn't hear you. He's already started like walking back towards where the your like makeshift break camp is and starting to pack up. As, as everyone else is leaving, you see <laughs> Redmond also approach, and it's just like, Oh wow! They've left a rapier, and some wine, and some cloves. Just kind of looks up here. Do you think those clothes would look good on me? I think I'd rock them. Probably. <laughs> and this, he, he literally just picks up these clothes and... He kind of like just rifles through them until he finds a jacket. Um, and it looks to be like a leather hide jacket, a black leather hide jacket that he just chucks on. Oh, let's go back. <laughs> what? What? Well, you're not going to need them. Do you feel alright? No. I feel cool. Just finger guns. Cool. What about, what about that rapier? You'd look cool with that as well, I think. I mean, I don't really use weapons, I'm an archaeologist, but yeah, sure, great, I'll give it a go. Just picks it up and just starts swishing it around in the air. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're right, I look really cool, like a pirate. Gar. Gar. <laughs> How do you put this away? It's just kind of like, he, there's not an actual like sheath for the repair, it's just the repair itself. Um, well, so he's like trying to took the foil into his belt. Well, I'm just gonna start walking away. I'm just gonna, I've got some suggestions where you can put it. <laughs> uh, 
really? Where? I don't know where to put it. <laughs> it won't stay anywhere. Up your f- and then clip back to them. <laughs> um, I just need to roll something very quickly. <laughs> I had actually said that. <laughs> oh, I'm very glad that you didn't say that. Because, yeah, that was a direct order if you had have said that. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> we may have been down one party member, fucking hell. <laughs> so yeah, Rag shoved up his ass. Uh, no, no, no. If that's if that's not um if you weren't actually saying that like in canon and stuff yet, we will go back to them. Because yeah. you're just kind of like looking incredulously at Rain um at Redmond who's just like picked up what are you thought were cursed items. And he's just, like, throwing them on himself. So, Rag, um, you're kind of, like, walking behind Gregor and Raynar as they're kind of, like, dragging this dead dog and rabbit back to the camp. Change my, um, my hat back into a ripped fedora. A cowboy, actually. It's do like a cowboy. You're now wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> I was gonna say, is the fire still going? Uh, there was never a fire. Oh. It's it's literally you guys were staying there for fifteen minutes just to eat something and drink something and then set back off on the trail. You got some uh, you got something to eat there, Gregor. A dog and a rabbit. Nice. <laughs> you guys have kind of met, got back to the makeshift camp, and. Yeah, as you're dragging this dog in, you can just see food just like... Have you killed someone's dog? <laughs> Didn't kill the dog. Raynard did. This kind of turns. Why does that not surprise me, Raynard? What do you mean, why does that surprise you? It's like the spring baths all over again. That wasn't my fault! It's always your fault. And you kind of all just set off once again for the rest of the day on your travels as Reno and Fu start bickering amongst themselves again. I just, I just throw the dog over my shoulder and got the rabbit man. So when we last left you guys, you were still travelling through the rolling plains heading towards Menel Peaks. You are now on day nine of your travels. You have, um, you progressed a fair amount. However, everything looks the same still. It's still the same rolling fields, still the same trees dotted around. You know that you're obviously making progress because the mountains are coming more and more into your view. They're no longer just like a a small little ridge on the horizon. They are now starting to tower more and more. But the landscape itself is pretty much identical to how it was before. This is kind of like the long slog of your journey where you've just kind of got where you're just trying to get through it. Sorry, what day are we on now? You're on day nine. Okay. And we're joining you on the evening or dusk of day nine as the sun's starting to set. And you're still on this long, like, pebbled, gravelly road type of road. 
Um, Bimit still hasn't returned yet. Um, I was going to say, do you know during those, uh, um, uh, how many nights have we slept now? Uh, I believe that was another three yeah. nights, two, three nights. Right, I was going to say, on those nights, uh, could I be cutting up that dog, the rabbit, and putting it into rations? Uh, yeah, just roll me a survival check for each of them, please. So, shall I do, I'll do the rabbit first. Yeah, do the rabbit first. That one. Oh boy. <laughs> As you're starting to cut up the rabbit on that first night, um, of you being in the fields and stuff like that, the li literally the second that you slice it open, um, three rats just like scamper out of the long grass. Each of them, in one like part of their mouth, picks up a part of the rabbit and just dashes back into the uh, long grass. And they're out of sight before you can even react. Guys get very angry and just turn to where they ran and just uh, what do you call it? Do my breath attack? You can, yeah. My breath weapon just as an anger. Like, um, that's that's electrical, isn't it? Yes. So yeah, you kind of breathe out this blue lightning type of uh, breath, and it kind of arcs over all of the grass. And after about a second or two, you just see like um, you just see like smoke rising from various areas. It seems like that grass may have been wet. Anything? Oh, shit. You may have killed everything in a three-mile radius. Not, not quite that big, but you may have killed everything that was in that large patch of grass. I was going to say, my range has got 34. You've killed everything in a, we'll say 90 feet because the water conducting um, on all the grass. Can I including, go outside for including the us and my rabbit? No, no, you guys weren't in the grass. They, You oh. were on the road itself. The, ra uh, the rats ran into the long grass and he's just blown electricity all over the grass. Yeah, can I search if I've got the rats and the if the rabbit's there? Roll me an investigation. What was that? Sorry, Gregor. Three. Unfortunately, you kind of step into the grass and any living things that were there once are now just charred from the amount of electricity that caused through them. Christ, Greg, what are you doing? Stole my food. I just gone to my dog. Sorry, I'm sure there's plenty of other defenseless puppies on the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, not eleven. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. So with that, you managed to quite crudely skin the dog itself. You managed to hack each of its legs off. So you've got four rations there. Um, and from the rest of it, you managed to get another two rations, but you're still a bit hit up from losing your rabbit, so you're not really making a good job of it. So six, I got six. You got rations. six rations in total out with that dog. I'll just eat. I'll eat one of the rations. You, as you're doing that, you can just kind of see Foo, Redmond, and Dravlan all looking at you, kind of disgusted. And me. 
<laughs> and I look. I got one of the bones in my mouth, which is that. What? Uh, that we're gonna time skip back to day nine as you guys are. You you guys are now settling down for the evening. It's dusk. The sun is starting to set. The sky is like a brilliant orangey pink type of colour. On the horizon, like I said, <coughs> mineral peaks are now kind of they're not just like little little rises in the distance. You can see that these are a large mountain ridge. A uh, large mountain range. The grass that is on either side of you has now got to about waist height. It's a bit taller than it was before. There is a single oak tree nearby um, to your north west and there is a small patch of trees to the east. Can we set up camp? Yes, that's what you are doing. Oh, is that what we're doing? As, as, as we join you guys, you guys are setting up camp. Can I just... <clears throat> I'm going to take my my bagpipe out. Uh, I'm going to shout with Bimit. Uh, and do a sing and do a, do a few toots on the bagpipe. Bimit! Uh, roll me performance then, please. Okay, so trying to throw your voice out. Did that come through? No. Oh. Um. 19. So your voice carries and it starts echoing across this empty field. And then, as you're looking up as the sun's starting to set, you can see that pretty much from through some clouds, Bimmy just kind of nose bombs. Uh, nose dives straight down, kind of like he's travelling at a lot of speed, and then at the last second his wings flay out, and he just lands with a. Bim it. Yes. With me. I'll pull a stake. Ah, okay. His eyes light up when you uh, show a stake. I'll start walking. I presume, so we're setting up camp for the night here, aren't we? Yeah, you're on the road itself, uh, which seems a little inconsiderate that you're setting up camp in the middle of the road. But according to Amrius, it'll be fine. What I'd like to do is take Bimit off with me. I, I in, intend to spend the night mm. and do some extensive training with him because he's... He's not listening properly, and is he just... not listening properly, or was he doing exactly what Gregor asked? <laughs> yeah, but when we called upon him, there's been a few times as well, not just this. That's this fair. instance, he's been a little bit um, rebellious, isn't he? Um. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with his uh, with his train. He's not had any training either. So he's not a dog. Uh, I don't know if he's <laughs> No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> you know, like how you how you take a horse uh, and break it in. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna allow you to do this, but just to oh. let you know, two things. 
One, if you spend the night training with Bimit, you are going to be tired the next day. You will have to take a point of exhaustion. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it doesn't really matter too much, unless, of course, I decide that this carries over into the next day for the potential random encounter. Uh, and number two... You know what? I'm just going to let you find out about number two. Um, I'd like to... To go off and spend the night with him, yeah, uh, and just really try and break him in and and do some major major training with him, and then reapproach in the morning or something. I don't. Okay, so we will. Any specific like little bits of training? I don't know. I, you know, I was, I was going to ask what based on my uh, based on my experience. Um, I'm trying to think of this then because he's not a horse, he's not a he's not a dog, he's more intelligent than either of them. You know, in terms of sentience, he is comparable to you and your group. So I'm not sure <laughs> what you mean by break him in in terms of what you're going to do to do that. So I don't <laughs> really know what to get you to roll. What uh, is it that you're trying? What is the end result that you're wanting, basically? I want him to obey. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to obey. But yeah. So you want to break him, basically? Yeah, I want to break him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. It's going to be very difficult for you to do, but I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. But I'm willing to spend all night doing it. Um, if I fail to do it in the first quarter or half of the night. I'm going to try again, and if I fail the entire night, uh, I'm going to try again the next day, and I'm going to and I'm going to continue to do it until and until I succeed. Until he collapses <laughs> down with exhaustion. Until he's nothing but an empty shell. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> For night one, then. Of training Bimmer. I'm going to get you to do a number of animal handling checks. Yeah, that's And depending on the amount that are successful, will depend on the. St uh, we'll, we'll say Bimmer's mood, basically. And how things go, how successful you are, how unsuccessful you are, etc., etc., will result in a numerous couple of things that could happen. So let's begin. On night one, Gregor and Ivor, you are you doing this without them noticing? Well, I think I might try and train Rag <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Rag, are you trying to sneak away, or is it just kind of like a? I'm not trying to sneak away at all, no. Uh, I'll, I don't think I'm involved if he's off with Bimit. So <laughs> I was going to say, you just watch, you just see Rag going away with Bimit then. As far as the, the group knows, especially Amrius, uh, I'm now to to accompany him on his on his hunts. Yeah, on hunts. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, so as we hit, oh god, I need to find some '80s montage music for this. Is um, <laughs> I'm gonna fix that in post. I'll edit in editing. Um, as we head into night one of our training montage, Rag, roll an animal handling as you're trying to get Bimit to sit for some steak. Bibbit's gonna kill us, isn't he? Fifteen. Bimit doesn't sit the first time around that you're telling him to sit for steak, but
but he doesn't react badly as such. He just kind of like steak. Roll your second animal handling for night one of training. Seventeen. On the second time, you're kind of like trying to convince him by saying, if you don't sit, there's no more steak ever. So he just kind of glares at you and then sits. Do you give him the steak? Uh, yes. So you have one last steak now. But you do have one success. And I realise I was typing in the wrong one. Roll your third animal handling. What are you trying to get him to do? Are you still trying to just oh, get him I'm to come? Skipping over all of these basic sits. I couldn't care less whether he wants to sit. Okay. Uh, I want to. I want to aim for the bigger things. So if I told him to sit, that that's that's nothing in comparison to what what I'm aiming for here. This okay. is a total. Domination. Total... No, no, because I don't want to. Uh... I just want. Uh, I just want authority ab above him. Okay, so it's almost like if if you were in a pack type of thing, you're yeah. like a pack leader. But I want to back that up with leadership as well, not just do as I say, because I'm the alpha, it's more of a leadership. I want you to roll me a... Roll me a nature check, please. This isn't to do with your training with him, this is just something else. Natural 20. You know that what you're asking for, or what you're trying to do with Bimit, is incredibly tough and incredibly dangerous because dragons don't have packs. They do not have authority ship as such. Um, generally, other animals, even other dragons, do not have authority on dragons. You know that by the time that they're in their adolescent years, or a young dragon, that's normally when they leave um, the care of their parents. Because at this point in time, or at that point in a dragon's development, they become more and more territorial. So if a dragon perceives another dragon or another creature as having more territory or authority over it, it will fight back and rebel. Yes. And then it gets worse as it gets older. But surely this dragon is a little bit different because a dragon uh, is classed in me as its kin, which it wouldn't normally do. Yes, but a dragon will attack its own parents when it becomes juvenile if it perceives it to be a threat on its own territory. That's why dragons normally leave the nest when they become young adults. Sounds like my dog. But surely... Surely this dragon could be a little bit different for, for what for what it we've all been with it. it it could be, and that's why I'm letting you have these rolls rather than he just sets you on fire. So I'm aware of the... Uh, you're aware of the difficulty of what you're trying to do. Uh, and aware of the risks, I've been told. Yes. Um, you know, basically, so this is kind of like almost like a little... It's almost like a little meta and in-game warning. You know that if you, if you try this and you fail to the extent that there is bad blood, then Bimit may no longer be a friendly party member. 
he may perceive you as a threat is nature overtakes nurture essentially it's basically a question of do you want to upset the tenuous balance that you've currently got with Bimit as a young dragon or a juvenile dragon where he still perceives you all to be kin but not threats almost essentially as friends at this point um, but that does mean that because he sees himself pretty much as kin, as equals, that he will have his own autonomy, and that does mean that he will disobey at times. Or do you want to try and impose authority and leadership over him? Over which case, if you're successful, you theoretically have a dragon at your beck and call. But if you're unsuccessful, Bimit is no longer friendly towards you, or potentially the rest of the party. This might be the thing that makes him snap into the stereotypical hoarding, roaming, setting fire to everything dragon. Can I approach it with caution um, and be aware when I see things uh, taking a turn for the worse and approach it then as opposed to making a decision now and then it's just a case of yes or no? What I will do is for every night that you want to try and train Bimit, we'll do our checks, like your rolls, and then I'll let you do a nature check on Bimit to see how he is showing, what science he's showing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so with that, then I'll proceed with tonight's training. Okay, so roll your third check. That's a nine. As you're trying to command, as you're trying to get him to like listen to you, and as you're essentially being all like, "Bimit, no, I'm, I'm the leader here. I am leading you." He's just kind of like looking around and just turning and just kind of walking off. So that is the last of the checks for tonight. Do you want to do your perception? Uh, this is the, the perceptions for seeing. Uh, na nature, sorry, nature check to see yeah. how Bimit's. Yeah, sorry. 15. At this point in time, Bimit seems a bit nonplussed about it all. He just thinks it's amusing. Yeah, he will. Uh, the... Sorry, go. Is that the entire night's worth of training I've done there? Yeah, for every roll, it's around about two to three hours worth. Okay. It's just, we could do much more rolls, but then we're going to be on yeah, training yeah. limit all night. So I'm just trying to condense it down a little bit. But uh, I'll head back to the to the group with him then. Um, have I lost all of, like I said, I've, have I lost all of my stakes doing that? Have I? You lost one stake because he. Yeah, he responded to... properly once. Don't want to be using uh, nope. treats with the dragon, really. Not for Gregor and I have a... Sorry, Dan? I was just saying not for leadership, so... Yeah. Yeah, let's let's head back. Uh, unfortunately, as, you, as we did say that, if you were doing this, you pretty much stay up all night. So, Gregor and Ivok, you're starting to wake up as the dawn is breaking and Rag... And Bimit are starting to come back into camp. Rag does not. Rag looks tired 
and not especially happy. Baby just looks fine. Just kind of like plodding in, just like. Put Dave Ragnarok? Something like that. Can I give uh, Bimit a stroke? Just on his neck. Yeah. He just kind of. He doesn't nuzzle in like he would have done only a week or so ago when he was still very small, but he doesn't bat you away. He doesn't really seem upset about having his like neck stroked. Just give him a little tap. And that's it, and that's it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Have I got a point of exhaustion there? Yes, you do. So, Stayed up all night. This portion of vitality that I've got, it's it has charges on it. I don't know what that means. Uh, generally, you drink a potion and then it's it's gone. But this yeah. has charges on it. I don't know. Uh, that wasn't a homebrew thing that I did, was it? It was an actual yeah. proper thing. Oh wait, no, I think I remember now. Um, we said that you didn't have to drink the entire bottle to get the effects of it. You had. I think it was like a third of the bottle would do the full effects. So charges is basically how much of the bottle you've drunk. Okay, well, uh, I'll drink another third of that then. Okay, so you have one third of your bottle left then, basically. You've got one more charge. Okay, so I'll just class that as a long rest, yeah? Yeah, you are completely fine again then. Okay. Ah, what the hell was that noise? Um, okay, so yeah, you guys are traveling. You guys are traveling down the road once more for the ninth day in a row. You're still just walking down this long ass road. The mountains are starting to take more and more shape towards you. You're now starting to head. It's no longer quite flat. It's starting to dip down a little bit, and you realize that you've just been on a giant ass hill. That's had a very small incline for the past two days. So as you reach the apex of this hill, you can look down and you can see that in the distance, there are more, many more hills. Um, some of the hills are looking incredibly large, almost as if they're miniature mountains themselves. And further on, even further past that, it looks like the ground becomes craggy, like they might be, um, there might be valleys and gulfs to uh, to traverse between you and Menel Peaks themselves. However, they still look like they are a good two days of travel away from you. You all start. You all. The convoy keeps on moving down, and as you do. as you are just kind of walking and talking amongst each other. You can see in front of you two figures approaching. One of them is clad in... One of them is clad in black robes with a white kind of symbol on him. Although from the distance you can't really see what the symbol says. And the other person is kind of like clad in armor. 
just metal armor that you can't quite make out from this distance. Ready with my crossbow again. As you do that again, Amaris kind of looks at you. Ragnarok, we cannot be aiming our crossbow at everyone that we pass on the road. It was uh, understandable within the forest, however, this is just a general road. I'll just look at him and then lower it. Much appreciated. It was a, if, if, if they were um, traveling guards or something along those lines and you are pointing a crossbow at them, it would not bode well for us. We're still in the Lunar District, which of course means that the King's forces may be in this very area. The last thing we want to do is be held for treason. Yes. The two figures continue approaching, and the one in the black robes just kind of... He approaches and he just kind of waves and just you can just hear him shout, HAIL! Right, I can, I can hear you there, uh, Gregor. Hail! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> As you do that, let me just check something. He's looking across at all of you, and he smiles. Um, Gregor's got a new religion. <laughs> As, as you look at him and you see the symbol, you can see that it is in the shape of a gavel. Everyone roll... Roll me a... This is straight up, uh, straight up intelligence check, please. Ten. Ten? Eleven for me. Eleven? Eleven as well. So none of you are actually quite sure who this person, what the symbol signifies. Um, however, you all do recognise that he is a cleric. And... Gregor hailing him, he kind of like spreads his arms to the side and he casts Zone of Truth. Zone of Truth? Zone of Truth. In a 15 foot radius which covers everyone. So, I need everyone to roll a Charisma saving throw please. Charisma down here. Ah, the bottom one. Oh, standard sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. 16. For me. Sixteen. Is that one? In? Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sixteen. Okay, so as he says this and um, casts on a truth, and you feel. You, you see like a slight light come across him and the general area. He just kind of looks at all of you. My name is Mendine. And I'm a cleric from the Church of Justice. 
And this fellow here is my companion, Allwind. Pray tell, have you broken the law? And if you have, speak the truth. Rag, what did you get? 18? Yes. You don't feel compelled to say, uh, to say the truth. You don't feel the zone of truth really compelled. Job in it. However, Gregor and Ivor, both of you, if you have committed any crimes during our playthroughs or in your backstory, you have to tell. I don't feel like I have to tell you. <laughs> I feel like you do because the game mechanics say otherwise. Nah. What, what about if my use my eyes just to say you don't want to know that answer? Unfortunately, zone of truth on a failed save, you can't speak a deliberate lie. Okay. Can I do an insight check to see if I remember any crimes I've done? You can, and that's very smart, pushing that onto the DM to remember <laughs> any crimes that you've done. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Get your backstory up. <laughs> He's not got any in his backstory, to be fair, from what I remember. Uh, you can't think of anything off the top of your head. Um, yeah, however, shit rolls <laughs> however, there is one thing that comes into your mind. When you murdered the gardens of Ears Bane, and you ripped his jaw off. Oh, that yeah, that's right. <laughs> as, you, as you kind of blur out with that, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's fine." You see, his eyes just widen, and his jaw drops slightly. I'm sorry, you did what? I'm also going to grab my axe. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I ripped a person's throat out. And killed him. <laughs> Just eyes wide. And why ever would you do that? Is this still a sort of truth thing? Yep. I thought he was a threat, and I thought he was a danger to the party, so I quickly eliminated him. I just realised because you're in the zone of truth, everyone's reactions has to be genuine as well. <laughs> as you're saying that, Chat just kind of looks and. You'd expect some kind of like dis um, like disapproval from him, but you just kind of see him smile and just nod. It's like, <laughs> yes, the weak must be called. <laughs> Amrius, however, looks a bit shocked and he's like, he just kind of turns and just. I thought you were meant to be the uh, <laughs> the rational one of your group. I was at the time. It seemed perfectly rational. He just kind of looks toward. He just doesn't answer, just looks towards the uh, cleric. My name is Amrius Reaper of the Reap family, a noble family within Salt Harbor. I myself have not committed any crimes other than the potential desecration of tombs and whatnot. However, that is to be expected when one is an archaeologist. In terms of overall crimes, nothing that I have not already atoned for, nothing that I have already 
paid fines for and what not. And nonetheless, this fellow is traveling with myself. If you have any issues with what he may have done in the distant or not too distant past, you may bring it up with me. At hearing his name, Mindine just kind of takes a step back. Narrows his eyes. He kind of opens a book and starts scrolling. If anything else happens regarding... What did you say your name was again? Isaac. Full name, please. Because he's scrolling the first name. Mylart. <laughs> Isaac Mylart. Mylart, yes. <laughs> Well, rest assured, Lord Reap. If anything regarding this Ivok, my lad, comes to light anytime soon, or if he commits any further actions, King Lival himself will hear about it and send officers not only after him, but on you too. He is your responsibility now. Gregor, what did you get, sir? I'm just going to tap Thingy's shoulder as well, for backing me up. He so. <laughs> just kind of, Amrius turns back and just says, we will talk about this. Yeah, yeah. we will talk about this later. Gregor, what did you get again, sorry? I can't hear you, it's like you're muted. Be muted. <laughs> 16. Yes, unfortunately, you have also, both of you failed. I'm just. Alright. Is this. What was the question again that he asked? Basically, he's demanding you tell him of any crimes that you've committed. God. Whilst you've been in this playthrough, like in the party or in your backstory. I just saw if you filled it, Rag. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> I was going to say, you came so close to failing that, but luckily you passed just. Uh, I killed uh, three... three clerics. Just eyes wide again. Um, are you continuing with your crimes, or...? <laughs> Am I continuing with my crimes? No, no, are you continuing listing off your crimes, you know, like, kind of like a list? Or is that your, like, actual full confession? I was going to say, no, that, uh, I was going to ask about the smuggling thing as well. I didn't technically do it. <laughs> you, actually say, you actually say that. I'm not sure if this counts, but we tried to smuggle some drugs in. Yeah. We, didn't, we weren't successful, but does it count as a crime? Yeah. Again, Amrius just looks at you three, just like, when was this? <laughs> Put my hands up. <laughs> Unfortunately, you three are all, well, actually, right, it's not affecting you, but. Oh, oh, can I just interject? Uh, I, I do apologise, but you see, our friend here had a, a running with some Nenarial mushrooms, and. His brain went every which way, and he didn't know who he was for half his journeys. So, I wouldn't take too much weight into my 
Companion's rants. <laughs> he just kind of looks at you both. Looks back to Gregor. Was this due to the Renario mushrooms, or is your friend just trying to make an excuse for you? Remember, you're still in the zone of truth. And I'll turn around to Gregor. Did you not accidentally take some Renario mushrooms and your brain... You started having memories that weren't your own. You didn't know who you was. Yes. He kind of looks at you both again. Is your are your memories still affected by this Renario mushroom? Oh, I've got my memories back. He thinks. <laughs> so when you murdered these clerics. We will we will ignore the smuggling for now. And Amory's just like... He may ignore the smuggling for now. However, along with you, Ivor, talking about this murdering of a guard, we will be talking, we'll be discussing at length this smuggling and when it may have occurred. Well, I kind of looks. remember, or I would have said... <laughs> You're still in the zone of truth here, Ivor. You can't but, lie. Well, exactly. And I didn't because I haven't said, so I didn't remember because I failed my will, didn't I? So. Mm. <laughs> Using the DM's own lack of insight against him, this is... Fine. <laughs> Fine, this isn't going to come bite you back on the arse, Ivor. Pissing um... off the DM. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna regret that. <laughs> Maybe. It's not Rag that bit that's gonna go for if Rag oh. fails to break him. <laughs> My earphones come out. <laughs> sorry, what was the question again? Yeah, sorry. So he kind of, after this little mini outburst, he kind of looks back at you. So, why exactly, and you notice as he's starting to ask this, his companion has his hand on the hilt of his sword, not as if, you know, like, he's going to attack just defensively after hearing about you killing three clerics. So why exactly did you kill three clerics? We'll ignore the smuggling for now, but the clerics, that's... that is a grave crime. I was a cleric of Talos, and I went back to my church, and the three clerics turned against me. It was either me or them. And why did I... they turn against you? Clary, the, the, the Church of Talos is brutal and not exactly what one would call a a good church, nor do you or do they worship a good deity. One could even say that they worship an evil one, but why would they just turn on you like that? And in my post, I was working for King Titan. Why did you... And you can see at this point, it's less accusatory, more just... He's genuinely a bit curious about this. Why did you abandon your post? I'm assuming you're talking about the, the Civil War, yes? The Erebolian one? Yes, I was a part of that. I saw the cruelty of King Titans and his men, and the clerics that I fought against. All the other creatures, anything that's not human, and I could not go through with it anymore. 
So I abandoned my folks. I went back to my church, hoping they would take me in. But obviously King Titan got to them as well and turned them against me. Because I am Dragonborn. Roll persuasion for me, please. I'm just going to be Is saying he's... to Ragnarok, I'm not sure if this is going well or not, but be ready. I'm ready. I'll then turn to Bimit and say, Bimit. Be ready. Uh, so what was it again? Sorry, 14. 14. That is... This is quite the tale. Turns to his, um, his companion. Didn't you come across some clerics of Talos once? Oh, and just... Yes. Not the greatest church. In fact, one could say they're almost a blight. They are a shell of what they used to be. And do you think that his actions were justified? Whether they're justified or not, if they attacked him first, I wouldn't class that as a crime, I'd class that as self-defense. However, maybe write his name down just in case. Kind of looks back at you. That's, that's a good point. Your name, please? Gregor. Just writes it in. Any last name? Well, they used to call me Gregor the Last. Just, you can see him write, and you can see him writing air quotations over the last. Very well, if we hear anything else regarding you or your companion here, best be warned that King Lyval's forces will be sent against you. We understand. We understand. But before we part, what's your name? I've already told you, my name's Mindyne. Any last name? I don't feel compelled to tell you that. Yes, you do. I... <laughs> maybe I do. <laughs> or maybe I don't. Mindyne will do. And then for the next five or so minutes, he then spends the time questioning the rest of your party. And because I'm not voicing a full-on conversation slash argument in some places between six characters that I voice myself, you find out basically that Redmond has stolen some artifacts from a museum before. Um, Raynor, despite all of his bluster and bluffing and stuff like that, the worst he's ever done is um, broken someone's like ribs, arm, nose, and leg in a fight. However, it does sound like he, from the sounds of it, even though it's not a crime, it's almost like he was proud of it. It sounds like he just gets other people to do the fighting for him, kind of sets people on it against each other. Um, you find out that Fu has actually murdered someone in cold blood. Oh. However, it was seen as a mercy killing rather than a murder, as the person that he had come across had been killed 
by the very same person who killed every member of his dojo, including his master. However, um, I've forgotten the guy's name now. What's his face? Mindine does um, force the foo to pay a fine of 250 gold. With that, he nods at you all, and him and Ornwen start making their way past you. Are we okay with him just taking money off us and coming up to us and casting spells and whatnot, demanding answers from us? Who are you asking that to? Uh, Rag, probably, if he stood right next door to me and they're walking off. I'm not happy with it. Bim, it's ready. Are you seeing this around Amrius? Is are you keeping Amrius in earshot? Are you intentionally? I'm not being too quiet. I just don't want them hearing as they're walking away. But yeah, I'm I was pretty... going to say they're they're out I'm... of earshot, but the rest of the group isn't. Well, I'm pretty miffed. I'm just wondering if the rest of the party's miffed. <laughs> what are you saying, Ibuk? I'm saying we don't let someone just roll up on our party, cast spells, ask us about all our lives and then charges us fine, and then walks off like they're the joy royal royalty of the entire world. Maybe they're not the royalty. But they do work for the royalty. I was going to say, do I recognise the cleric's uh, symbol? What what were they part again? Well, uh, it was a it was a gavel, but sorry, um, it was a gavel, but you've already rolled for that, and none of you recognised it. Oh. Well. Regardless of who they are, if they just disappeared. <laughs> if they are working for King Lyval Ivor, which I suspect they are, that is the uh, that is the symbol for the Church of Justice after all, which is King Lyval's not so secret secret police force. Then we cannot just go around attacking and murdering them. King, slave, makes no difference to me. I expect to be treated with respect. And he didn't. He didn't try. Otherwise, he didn't jail you or call additional forces for you murdering a guard. I don't care. It's none of his business. <laughs> if it was committed within Ixen. The fact that he is a member of the Church of Justice makes it his very business. Well, you may not believe that you bend. You be, may not believe that the law of the land applies to you, but I can most rightly assure you, Ivor. Unfortunately, it does. Well, I just say to the party, I'm not happy with it, and I won't stand for much more. You do not have to be happy about it. I'm not necessarily happy about myself and my expedition group being accosted. However, that does not mean one can go take matters into their own hands. I would have believed that as a responsible leader of the group, you would have known that already. I'm keeping my eyes on Ivok the whole time during this. Because you very valiantly stood up for me in that 
gathering, I will take your counsel. But Very while good. while I'm in the party, I will keep my tongue held. But that I think when be... I get out of this party, the chance of anyone just coming up, asking me any questions and any incantations they feel fit, I was going to take that very badly. Once we leave that the is, party, of course. That is all I can ask for, Isaac. Uh, once you are out of the expedition group, you may, of course, do what you wish, act how you wish, kill who you wish, do what you wish. But I would simply request that whilst you are with us, you do not jeopardise our mission. You are my employer, you pay me, so I shall abide. Much obliged. Stand down, Bimit. Bimit just kind of like shuffles. It kind of looks at you like, I was already stood down, I was waiting for <laughs> I just get up a whisper to Ragnarok and just go, Mindine. Let's remember that name. I do. Whether or not the DM okay. remembers that name is a different matter. <laughs> yeah, I just carry, just carry on walking. A bit embarrassed that you they got to found out that I killed three clerics. Yeah, literally everyone in the party knows that now. Um, did, he say all his, are... did he say all his other crimes as well? <laughs> Mostly, were there more crimes? Well, no, there was only that, the clerics and the smuggling thing. Mm. That was it, I believe. Oh, that is, yeah. I was going to say, I can't remember anything in terms of the campaign that you've done that's a crime. Be mainly one other party member that's done crimes in this party. Unfortunately slash unfortunately, he rolled really well. God, you really never got out of that. <laughs> nope. I don't think I'd have been able to tell him anyway. That's a good I, point. Well, you wouldn't have been able to tell him that one, but there's been other crimes. There's been fucking loads. <laughs> you bombed a market. <laughs> yeah, stole the armor, bombed the market. Fucking... <laughs> We just we just do like a smash cut to like the fucking market of rust where they're all just rebuilding after the undead carnage, and that poor orc vendor is there just. You've only got one piece of armor now. The other one got, the other one got stolen by some. So that that orc. I compensated him for it. That orc who bought that loot off me. It was him. I'm not classing that as a crime because I compensated him. Therefore, it wasn't a crime. You still stole it. <laughs> I mean, you still set up. You still bombed a market. Yeah, that just I'm crosses dead. off the stealing. That just crosses off the theft. You still bombed a market. That's not theft. That is terrorism, <laughs> pretty much. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, minor genocide. <laughs> it's like, oh no, he loads of noise that I stole from it. Quick time that I killed loads of, <laughs> bombed loads of people. I'll get him down. Nonetheless, luckily, Rag didn't trigger that off. So, yeah, the. the um, Ivic, you noticed that Amrius especially seemed to be a bit different with you. Not, not hostile, not outwardly, like, disliking you, but he. He seems. He's not mad at you. He's just disappointed. <laughs> and Greg, you noticed that... Um, oh, wait, sorry. And Ebchar, however, seems impressed. He's kind of he's kind of thrilled with the answer that you gave, Ivok. Really? 
Yeah. Ebchar. Ebchar, yeah. Amrius is disappointed. Ebchar is impressed. The rest of the hat party are kind of nonplussed. Gregor, you, however... <laughs> yeah, you, who murdered three clerics. Um... Redmond, Amrius... Sorry, Don. I say a hated through all of Ixen. Mm. <laughs> Red, Redmond, Amrius, Ebchar, and Thu all seem to be giving you a bit of a wide berth. Whether or not it's because they think differently of you, or just because they think, shit, that guy obviously went through a fair amount, I should probably give him space. You don't know. However, Raynor... <laughs> almost the second the Zone of Truth drops and you start setting off, Raynor just kind of comes up to you, like, arm around your shoulder. Got a cleric, eh? Well, three of them. Oh, boy. Oh. Great. <laughs> I liked you. I knew I liked you for a reason. Oh. You and me were going to get so much fun done. Can you take your arm off me? I could, but I'm not gonna. Just think about it. Gregor and Raynor, no. Raynor and Gregor, known across the lands as cleric killers and... What made the cleric killers? That was a long time ago, Raynor. Hmm. Well, once you kill a cleric, that skill never leaves you. It's like riding a horse. You know what, Greg? After meeting that cleric, I can't say I blame you. <laughs> right? They're all... They're all terrible. Every single cleric is just terrible. I'm a cleric right now. <laughs> Most clerics... Are terrible. There's always the exception to the rule, of course. I mean, are you really still a cleric if you killed them? Hmm. I ask myself the, that same question every day. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I ask it myself every day? Rena, why are you so good? <laughs> I just allow a little bit of a grin, but then just carry on walking. <laughs> And you notice, as you kind of like, yeah, you, you start walking, Reno kind of takes his arm off you, you notice that Dravlan is just kind of looking with slight admiration. Admiration? Admiration, yeah. What does that mean? Admiring. Ah! Okay. It, Do I notice that? Uh, roll perception. So, Gregor, what was that perception roll? Ten, I think it was. Was ten? You're not really able to tell too much about what Dravland's thinking. You can just see that he's got kind of like a bit of a smile whenever he kind of like glances at you. Yeah, I'll just keep on walking. Yeah, the the very best that you could guess is, you know, Lefander, the god that he serves, is one of the good guys. So you taking out some bad guys. No choice. So it was either me or them. Basically, yeah. So you all are now walking in a bit of a, a bit of a quiet 
like mood. You're all a bit somber over those little revelations from everyone. You're all feeling a bit down. And that mood carries on for another three days. We're joining you guys on the 13th night. If, Rag, you are wanting to train Bimit again. Yeah, for the past three nights. Well, we'll start with one of the first night first, yeah. Yeah. So, got so roll your... To do, yeah. Say that again, sorry, you cut out. So we've got three nights of training to do here. Yeah. yeah. So let's go for night two. Animal Roll handling. Your... Yeah, three of them, please. Five for the first one. Yeah. So ten for the second. And a nineteen for the third. Okay, so throughout the night then, you are still trying to get Bimit to kind of like recognize your leadership, essentially, your authority and whatnot. And for the most part, you fail. Like, he's still not taking much note of you or anything like that. However, you find that on the last time, when you once again bring out the mention of stake, he actually follows the command. So you lose another stake, but he did respond once to that. Do you want to roll an insight for night two? Uh, do I need to nature check this? Yes. Sorry, not insight. Yeah, it's nature check. Eleven. It seems a little restless, but you can't really tell. Okay. You can't really tell why. He just seems a bit restless. So, night three. Roll your three. That's a two. A six. And a seven. Yeah. Throughout the entirety of the night, Bimit does not respond to you at all. In fact, he's starting to snap a little at you when you're telling him stuff. He's like arguing back. You want to roll a nature check and see what he's like? Yeah. Night three. 20, not natural though. So with that 20, you can you can tell that Bimit realises what you're trying to do. He realises that you're trying to insert authority and leadership over him. And you're not 100% sure if it's because he's a dragon and his dragon nature is kicking in. Or because he's essentially a juvenile and is acting like a teenager. But he is not happy about this. He's starting to rebel a little bit. And of course, you now have one point of exhaustion because your vitality potion, I'm assuming you used the other charge for yes. it. Yes. You're now out of it. So you have <laughs> one point of exhaustion after night three. This would be, we would be joining you on night four if you want to train him again tonight. Or try and train him tonight. Yes. Um, tighten the reins, but put a lot of encouragement on it. Uh, a lot of support and encouragement. Okay. Uh, let me just double check something very quickly.
need to see if this would change anything. Um, can I? No, no, I'm not going to. I was going to say I'm going to send him off to hunt, but I, I don't. I'm only going to do that if he uh, has a successful night. Okay, well, because you're exhausted, I was going to get you to have disadvantage on your animal handling rules. But because you're trying to encourage him rather than just command him, they're cancelled out essentially now. So it's just normal rules, these three. Okay. So let's have your three animal handling checks, please. 11. Yep. Five. Five. <laughs> uh, okay. Really, just... really needed a good night there. So what were they again? Because I need to use the actual rules to calculate something. 11, 5 and 5. Nature check again, I'm guessing. 16. Bimit is much more unhappy than he was the other night. He is getting to the point now where you're telling him to do something and he's literally barking back at... Not like barking like a dog, but you know, like barking refusals at you as he does so. He seems to be getting slightly more aggressive towards you. <laughs> you, you and Bimit both come back. You actually cut the night a bit short because of how aggressive Bimit is starting to get to you. It does mean that you can have a night to sleep and get rid of that exhaustion. However, as you come back, uh, Gregor and Ivok, as Rag and Bimit comes back, it's around about midnight-ish, and just Bimit kind of stomping around, just blowing fire angrily wakes you both up. Well, what's going on? Bimit? Can I see Bimit then? You can see Bimit, yeah, he's... Like I say, he's clomping around in the grass, breathing flames in the air angrily. Hey, what's up with you? Ken! Ken! Green! Ken! Okay. Why, well, maybe you're a little bit tired, yeah? Bimmy, not tired, Bimmy. Angry. Green. Jin trying to command Bimit, trying to own Bimit. Oh. Well, he is just an orc. Bimit is dragon. Dragons yes. do not get commanded. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I take it. Well, has he been spending time with you, has he? Like, is that where you've been going on a night? Eat nights. Bimit first fought. Greenkin was giving Bimit takes and going on hunt. But Greenkin just wants Bimit to do as Greenkin says. Alright, okay. Well, he probably just doesn't want you getting into trouble. That's probably what he's after doing. Greenkin, getting close to being in trouble. Oh, okay. I tell you what. 
How about I have a word with our little old friend and see if I can get him to stop. <laughs> Very well. Okay, you go and do what you need to do. Just don't kill anyone. No. That's not an order. Just a request for a king. just flies off into the air. Oh dear. You just hear like, <laughs> and then just, just straight up into the air. I'm gonna go and look for Raglan. <laughs> As you do, every so often in the sky, you can just see like bursts of flames behind clouds and stuff like that. Rag? Rag? What? Rag, what you been doing? What do you mean? Well, our lizard friend there looks like he's about to ready, uh, kill all of us. What, who, Grigor? No! The flying <laughs> one! <laughs> I just fire. sit up and just look at that. What? <laughs> the other one. <laughs> See those fireballs oh. in the sky? <laughs> what, Bimit? Yes. Yeah, he's proven difficult. He's proven Di very difficult. Yeah, difficult in what way? But he's just not listening. I've been trying to I've been trying to train with him these past few nights. That is is it's very difficult to train. I'm a little bit worried about him. I think it would be as long as you got enough stakes. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> yes, but I don't want to train with stakes. What do you want to train with? <laughs> Leadership. You know, we've got a very dangerous species on our hands here, and he's already started not listening, and he's only a baby. He's only yes. a teenager, let's say. But uh, I don't. When know. he gets, when he gets big, he's going to be, he's going to be a problem if he if he carries on not listening. He's going to take matters into his own hands and end up killing thousands of people. Yes, yes, that is his nature. We knew. We knew he was a powerful force, that's why we wanted him on the team. Yes, but we're not going to be able to have him on the team if he carries on this way. No, we're not. Which is why you need to stop carrying on this way. <laughs> if I stop, then it's only a matter of time until we're going to have to kill him. Maybe. I feel that the time will be closer if he decides that he no longer wants to be with us. I, think, I really... I think the problem, Ragnarok, is like, if you... I don't always do what you want. Yes, but you're different. Why? Because if you don't do what I want, you're not going to go around and kill thousands of people. The end result for you is not mass genocide, let's call it. No, maybe not. Another burst of flame in the sky. But that right there, the first thing that will happen is that he will kill us, and then he will kill thousands of people. At least if he's with us, and we train him with stakes and that, we can 
maybe mediate it so that he doesn't do anything too bad. I am training him with stakes. Well, it doesn't look like it's going well. <laughs> That's because it's because it's not. But I still really feel like I can do this. Come and do it with me. You don't agree I, with what I'm doing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't. I think some things can't be tamed. I think. But look at him. On, you can only work with Never yes. Never It's a terrifying force, but he's also an intelligent one. Is uh, a creature of his own. It's like when we found him in the cave. If you remember, we persuaded him to join us as a companion, part of the team. I think the last thing he will want to think is that we think of him as a weapon. And no offence, Red Rock, but you don't always come across as the most subtle. All right, Ivok. I'll tell you what. I'll come with you again on the next one. And we'll all have a chat. What, on the training? Yeah, we'll get rules. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but what, what, what is it that you were saying? Well, I agree with what you say, that you can't go off killing thousands of people. There needs to be... Do you, do you not feel there needs to be so, at least some form of authority over him? No. <clears throat> to, no? I don't think there can be, no. I think it's very much a, a... a... Just as a companion, it's like, I have no authority over you. I have no authority over... Um... Greg. <laughs> uh, other dragon that's in the party. Yeah. I have no authority over either yet. Although, but I do hope that you would respect my views or help out when situations get bad. And I just sort of, I know you're capable of killing hundreds, perhaps thousands of people, but I just know you won't. And it's very much the same thing. I just hope that he won't. Just because it's a dragon doesn't mean he's going to commit mass genocide. I'll agree to take a break and some time to rethink it. I think you both need a break, yes. At the very least, wait till he's calmed down and he's not setting fire to clouds. Randomly. More fire burst through the clouds. <laughs> I'll take Seagull the... Seagull drops down next to you. Shards right. Eagle. Uh, I'll take the last remaining stake out of my bag and say, all right, Ivok, you take care of him then. Push the stake in, into Ivok's hands. Ooh. <laughs> Bimit immediately lands next to Ivok. Just I'm just going to hold it out. I'm just going to hold it out for it. There you go, Bimit. 
Just eats it and then flies off again. Because I've had enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I get, I get angry with people. But... <laughs> I've got a woosah. <laughs> okay, let's get some sleep. It is night time, isn't it? Like, it is, yes. Yeah. Let's yeah, just get got... some sleep. <laughs> I was say, sorry, I didn't really set the scene properly with that. You guys, with it being another like couple of days since, you've passed through all of these flat fields and whatnot. That night you did find another kind of flat land of grass and everything around. However, you are now passing over hills that dip and crest. The last couple of days, as the mountains have got closer and closer, and they seem like they are only a day away now, you started going um, through a couple of small little canyons and valleys. They don't take long to pass through, but just from the topology of the area, you can tell that you're getting closer and closer and closer to the um, to Menel Peaks themselves. Like I say, it's only going to take another day of travelling. Well, as I walk, well, as I walk back to my sleeping arrangement, then I'll just tell uh, about. I'll say, Ragnarok. I will think on your words, though. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow. I'll just look. Just look at him, uh, and then I'll go to my. What well, go to sleep? Yeah. Uh, Greg, have you been doing out whilst this? I went back to sleep. Just straight away, just. Ah, oh, the sky's on fire. Yeah. Not to sleep. No, I just thought Bim was just having a little bit of a hectic night. That was it. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, you all awake in the morning. And you you all set off again after having some breakfast or whatever. If you wish to, if you wish to eat, yes, yes. I also wish. Uh, I feel a lot better now. I had a point of exhaustion on me there last night, so yeah, that's gone. Now. Uh, I'll go uh, heat me water up and some leaves in it and all that. Uh, head over to Ivok if he's out. Morning. Yeah, Ivok. <laughs> I apologise for last night. I'm gonna rather... look stunned. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you, you apologise? <laughs> yeah, these these past few nights have been been very intense and exhausting for me. I've been trying with with Bimit the past few nights to, to you know to get him to do things and just to listen. Uh, I was rather tired and maybe I didn't handle the situation as best as I could. So, therefore, I'm sorry, and I'll walk off. May I walk up to Ivor at this point? Yes, you can. You're right, Ivor. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think it just looks a bit shell-shocked to you. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you've seen a ghost. That's good. Just apologise. <laughs> I just squint my eyes and just tilt my head just a bit to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been sleeping well? I think so. <laughs> what did he apologise for? Oh, nothing, nothing. 
Well, to be fair, he had a point, and I do want to discuss it. Um, just to care to me, I've been really rude, Rag. I best go and ha talk to him because I just completely ignored him after he apologised. <laughs> I just look a bit confused at the same time. Like, go. All right. Well, in that case, I'm, I'm seeing if I can see any flowers. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> um. um. Not directly in front of you, but the valley that you're about to head into, um, it looks like there might be some flowers growing on the valley walls. Well, I'm just going to catch up to him, just to love these flowers. I'm just like, right, I do apologise, you, you just caught me unawares. I fully appreciate the apology. I, I just wanted to know, your words didn't fall on deaf ears, and I understand your concerns. So... Let's just make sure we don't fall out with him. Yeah, I'd, ra I'd rather not fall out with him. That's, what, that's not what it was about. It was I didn't want to to own him like he thinks. No. Oh, I know he thinks that. It wasn't a case of owning him. It was just trying to rein him in a little bit. You know, he's, he's very young. Uh, yeah, I didn't want him to. Just like you have to... With, the, with anything, with a child, with a dog, with any pets. I know he's not a pet, but don't let him hear anybody say that. But uh, he just needs a close eye on him at the age he's at. I think maybe feeding him the gold we have over the, the course of these past few weeks hasn't helped. His, no, his, his never... size compared to his age is dangerous. I've, I've never been a fan for that. I've got to be honest. To me, I see him as a teenager. Like, he might think he knows what's good for him, but he doesn't, and you don't let exactly. him know that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I don't really know how to proceed from here, but uh, I'm just a little bit tired with it, that's all. Yeah, I would just step in when he's doing something really bad. Yeah. But it's helped us out loads so far, hasn't it? He has, yes. Let's just keep an eye on him for now, then. Okay. Good. As you guys walk Good back chat. to the camp, as if... As you, as you guys walk back to the camp, as everyone's packing up and getting ready to just get through that last little stretch, you see that Bim is just literally sat, just sat, kind of, kind of just on his hind legs and his front legs, and just talking to Gregor and Draconic. Just chatting. So I said to her, would you like to come back to that? Elms, as though you were talking to a broomstick. <laughs> yes, I didn't know it at the time. I was drunk. But it turns out she was quite a smooth talker. From what I remember. Obviously, she was smooth talker if it was in your head. <laughs> very true, very true. Ah, oh, look, they're back now. He right. just turns his head around, and Rag, when he sees you, his eyes just kind of, not massively, but they narrow slightly. Uh, I'll lock eyes for a second, uh, and then move them away. 
Roll it. Not in a not in a not in a way of I'm bowing down, looking away. <laughs> I was gonna say roll a roll a perception check. No, I'm uh, not 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 in that way. It's, it doesn't matter I'm if that's how at, you I'm meant it to be. No, that's fine. I'll still roll it, but I just want to make yeah. sure that we're yeah, getting no, my no, that's fine. The way I'm looking across here. I was gonna say the way that you intend it and the way it's perceived might be different. What was that, sorry? Perception check. Uh, yeah, perception. See if you can hear anything. A four. Yeah, oh, you hear nothing. Everything's fine. Bees! <laughs> do I, do I hear what... <laughs> do I hear what uh, I think Bimit said? Yeah, so... When... <laughs> uh... This is only meant to be a throwaway joke as well, but this is gonna this is gonna screw up the dynamic of the party. But all right. When Rag looks away, you hear Bimit just. That's what Bimit. Oh. <laughs> Bimit's for. That's what Bimit fought. Ah, uh, that's what Bimit fought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just gonna. Do I hear I'm that? Just, just nope, gonna... not with that four. Fucking hell. Well, I'm just going to go... Actually. I'm just going to go up to... Go, all sorted now. Don't worry. We'll just... Moving on. <laughs> right, we not going to try to control... <laughs> no, absolutely not. Hey, what you... when we first met, he tried to control me. I had to have a talk with him. <laughs> what are you talking about, control you? What, control... A dragon? Well, exactly, you know, dragon, dragonborn, you two should get on like a house on fire. Ah! <laughs> I just tilt my head just to the side. <laughs> yes, like that. <laughs> yeah, you both laugh the exact same way. <laughs> I just get, I just give him it just a tap. Just on the neck again. Yeah, it just looks like our friend Ragnarok. Just one, it was a bit concerned because knew it. You are going to be one powerful beast when you uh, grow old. Oh, you're getting rather large and getting Already very powerful beast. <laughs> exactly, you are magnificent, one would say. And you're just concerned that you're going to hurt people if you want to. <laughs> it just hopes you don't want to. <laughs> Bimit only hurt people if they try to uh, bim it. We can't say fair than that, we do exactly the same. Exactly. Bim it learned it from you. Ah, yes. But yes. Well, you see, well, I mean, Ragnarok just obviously understands that you are... big. <laughs> <laughs> I I need to roll something here because you've talked about Rag, te you know, like he's talked about teaching stuff, and you've talked about Rag, but for now he stays quiet. You don't know; it's nothing for you to notice or pick up on. He just doesn't respond. Sorry, how big is Bimit now? Bimit is the size of like a stallion. Can I just talk uh, in Draconic? Yes, you uh, can. Bimit. Yes. You, 
Would you like to go for a bit of a hunt? He doesn't even say anything. He just lifts his head and a small burst of happy flames come out. I just turned to Ivor could go. No, no, wait a minute, no, no. It's still in Draconic, I say. Uh, do you mind if I get on your back? We ride. What? I thought he was talking to me then. <laughs> run, Ivok, run! Kin, welcome to try. But Bimit's not flown with... Passenger, I guess. Passenger, that be the word. Kin not okay. flown with anything on Bimit's... We'll give it a try. We'll give it a try. And then I turn to Ivok and you go, Watch this. And I just climb onto Bimit's back. I'm gonna be like Rag's not gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, Rag, Rag, you're kind of packing your shit away, and you turn around as, um, hmm. I don't know what to roll for this actually to to ride a dragon. What skill is that? Animal handling. I, I I want to say animal handling, but because Bim is doing it willingly, I'm not really sure. We'll go, we'll go with animal handling for now, because it's less of a case of your convincing Bimit, more of a case of you knowing how to hold on to Bimit and stuff like that as he's flying. Oh, it'd be well, athletics then. Oh, sorry. Actually, no, that's a good point. Let me just look, I was going to say, let me just look this up really quick. Because this might be a thing going forward. Um uh, Okay, so rules is written there's nothing for it. So I'm gonna say... Cause I, don't, I, I don't think it will be animal handling for this, because animal handling is more convincing animals, getting them to trust you and stuff like that, and Bim already does. So I'm... I'm gonna say athletics, because it's a case of... It's the shifting weight and the shifting like forces and stuff like that. You're having to react to it to stay on him. Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, roll athletics for me, please. <sighs> 22. Might... Fucking hell. Um, I was going to say, we might change the roll needed if you ever, you know, like got actual equipment for it, if that happened again. But yeah, okay, so we're 22. Yeah, Rag, you turn around as you're packing up. And you just see kind of like Bimit crouch down. And it takes a second for your eyes to adjust because there's something else on his back. But you see Gregor just kind of like holding on quite confidently to like one of the spines on Bimit's back and another like arm kind of wrapped under his neck. Not like choking, but just like for steadying. And Bimit just launches into the air. You you watch both you and Ivok and the rest of the group. Just smile. Watch. <laughs> As Bimit sends Gregor through the air, Gregor, you are like hurtling like hundreds of feet up into the sky. 
I can't hear you. You've made no noises. Although, to be fair, that's, you know, like you're you're going directly off. The wind's going in your face. You're opening your mouth to shout in like astonishment, and the, the wind's just being knocked out of you. That's what it felt like to me when I saw it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, just for the people who are like watching a video of this and everything, it's just it's just Gregor opening his mouth. It's just Coogan opening his mouth and no sound coming out. He's a great method actor, is this one. Yeah. Do you want me to do it again? <laughs> yeah, like a bit quieter so that your mic doesn't cut out, I guess, maybe. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's still cut out slightly, but you know what? It, it works, it works. Just happy Gregor noises. Yeah. Um, Bimit kind of like shoots through some of the clouds. You feel like the um, condensation from the clouds hit you. Surprisingly enough, like you, you've always looked up at clouds and wondered how they feel, because you, you yourself are not a flight. You're flightless. You, you know, you never thought that you'd be able to touch a cloud. But surprisingly, a cloud is kind of heavy. Roll me a strength check, please, as you fly through this cloud. Strength, uh, 20, not natural. So for a second, as you hit, as the cloud hits you, it feels like you you lean back slightly from the force of it, but then you lean back forward, still clutching onto Bimit. Bimit exits through the cloud and just kind of like hovers in the air. Where are we hunt? And as he says that and you look out, you can see almost the entirety of the lunar region just like in front of you. To the distance, you can see the coastlines and the ocean. You can see, um, as you're looking around just everywhere, to the north, you can see the region of Mordruk. And further along, you can actually see the Harrensay Mountains covered in snow. Like to your south, uh, to the south of that, you can see the Dragonjaw Mountains stretching across the entire fault between Reslin, Mordruk, Luna, and Velxa. I just you take deep quite... breaths. I just take deep breaths. You see this every day? Still new-ish to Bimit. Bimit's only been able to fly this high since Bimit got bigger. Oh, how I envy you, Bimit. And I just give him, like, a pat on the, the side of his head, uh, neck. He just kind of he just kind of nods appreciatively. He doesn't, like, nuzzle in like a pet would do. He's just kind of nodding, like, yeah. Where do you want to hunt? Wherever you choose. So tempting for Bimit just to be like, well, Modric it is. <laughs> <laughs> Bimit knows of good rabbit in salt plains. Let's go then. Um. Okay, so yeah, Rag, you and I will look up, and it takes you a second for both of your eyes to actually, or all of your eyes, both of your sets of eyes to adjust <laughs> to seeing just this tiny little pinprick in the sky where Gregor and Bimit are and then suddenly it starts moving at quite some speed it passes over the top of you and heads back in the direction that you came and within seconds it's out of sight 
you think they're coming back? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not either. Maybe not. Well, but I'm sure it'll be fine. It looks like uh, some use came out of that training anyway. <laughs> The Reaper, the Maelstrom and the Thief is a Dungeons and Dragons show by Rollcast. Rollcast has been JB as Ragnarok, Coogan as Gregor the Last, Gareth Ryan as Ivok Mylat, and Tom Crabb as the DM. Intro, midpoint and outro music were provided by JB. Editing and sound mixing was done by Tom Crabb. We'd also like to thank the following for allowing us to use their music and ambiences. Alexander Nakarada, Ares Beats, Avery Alexander, Darren Curtis Music, Kevin McLeod, Michael Gelfie Studios, Scott Buckley, and The Seventh Midnight. Full links to all tracks used in this episode can be found in the description, and as usual, if you're wanting to elevate your own sessions or bring that creative spark to your writing, then these tracks are highly recommended. If you want to support Rollcast, then check out our socials. Check out our page on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash cast that role. Follow and tweet at us on Twitter using the handle at castthatroll and subscribe to our YouTube channel using the handle at castthatroll. You'll be able to get episode updates and random bits of lore and information on both Twitter and Facebook and our YouTube page has all of our current episodes up in a visual format. Don't want to watch but still want to listen? We got your back. Look for Rollcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Good Pods and all other podcast platforms. Episode 10 releases on the slightly later date of the 29th of March, so we'll see you all then. Concerned that you're going to hurt people if you want to. <laughs> it just hopes you don't want to. <laughs> oh, I'm just sad that Bimit doesn't have another couple of points of intelligence because I had a really profound speech for Bimit there, but Bimit's not smart enough to come up with it. So, oh. Bimit, oh, blah, 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 blah. rewind that back slightly. Bimit, take this take again. Ha, ha, ha.